Hi, my name is Sherry Doherty, and I'm a 54-year-old lady in red, in act two of my career and living my best life. My perspective on life and behaviors have been governed by who I was as a child, who I became, and who I am still striving to be. People my age are beautiful, bold, confident, and full of wisdom. And truly, the encore of the story of your life is still when the best songs are yet to be sung. My mission in this podcast is to shine the spotlight on people like me, have real conversations about reinvention stories, and inspire you to continue to follow your dreams regardless of your age. I'm doing it for Daisy. Who are you doing it for? Good day and welcome to today's episode of the Encore podcast. I am very excited today because we have our first male guest. So Encore people are not just the ladies. I just happen to know a lot of ladies in my life. I do know men as well, though, and they are on the exact same journey. They have the exact same struggles and they have backstory and huge highlights of their lives and continue to have huge dreams as well. So I wanted to make sure that we're inclusive and literally anyone is welcome to speak on the Encore podcast. But I'm really excited today to have Randy Henderson with me. He is a personal friend friend of mine and my family's. And I've seen him on a journey just over the last few years as we've gotten to know each other even better. He is an inspiration and I'm really excited for him to be able to share his story with us all today. So thank you, Randy, for joining us. Well, thank you, Sherry, for the invitation. I'm very much looking forward to it and having a great conversation and continuing this journey we're both on. That's great. And you will always own that you were the first man on the Encore <laughs> podcast. So one day when I'm on a stage somewhere being rich and famous and talking beside Tony Robbins, you can know I was on her podcast as the first man. <laughs> so we will always have that together. That's very nice. <laughs> Amazing. So Randy is actually a colleague of mine in the real estate world, and he works a different area. He's from Aurora, Ontario, but he also works under the Remax umbrella. We both love Remax. Go red, white, and blue. And <laughs> is you know continuing to evolve that for himself. So that's not what he has always done. It's actually fairly new for him, but it is what he is pursuing for his Encore career as well. And he has a really interesting and inspirational backstory. He's had to take lots of twists and turns in his career and lots of pivots and reinvention. But Randy is absolutely your guy that you can rely on. And if you need him to be somewhere, he will be there. He is the king of networking. I met him through my husband's networking activities and he is everywhere. If you go to an event, Randy Henderson will be there. It's awesome. So you are my inspiration as well in that regard, Randy. If you will, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? So tell us who you are, where you were born and raised, what your childhood was like, some highlights and lowlights, if you're willing to share them, and then kind of what your come up story looked like, maybe in your 20s and 30s, your early career days, some pivots and turns, and just, you know, tell us the Randy story. <laughs> okay. Well, just over 60 years ago, I was born in the, uh, the east side of Toronto. I grew up in the Ajax Pickering area, the youngest of six kids. So family of eight, pretty standard, you know, bungalow, 1950s bungalow in a new subdivision that I was born into. And, you know, I could walk to school in the mornings. Mom did part-time jobs. Dad worked full-time. It was about 13 years between myself and my oldest sibling. So, you know, looking back, it was pretty fun and, and joyful 
pretty innocent childhood. You played with all the other minions running around the neighborhood, and there were lots of them. There was a lot of families of four or six kids, so there was a lot of us around. You know, when, once again, looking back, I, I often say, you know, people say, what, what would you like to be when you grow up? And I said a, a six-year-old or eight-year-old because it was very nice spending days at the creek, you know, catching tadpoles and crayfish and things and playing in the sandbox and climbing trees and, and things like that. So it was it was a pretty, probably pretty standard and, and pretty nice upbringing. But, you know, certainly being the youngest of, of six kids, you are left up to your own devices quite a bit. That certainly framed some of my, I think, early successes and early failures as well. I was the only one to go past high school. And I don't know whether it was just some confidence, but I always did well in school and, and athletics was never really worried about not not making a team or not, uh, you know, failing, failing a grade or failing a course or anything and going to, uh, to university, they all just kind of played out and in some ways never really had to make too many decisions. One of those decisions I did make that was kind of seminal was I had done uh, chemical engineering as an undergrad and where I did my placement, I spent you know a year doing research and came up with a big report on improvements. It was at the nuclear station in Pickering. And when I asked my mentor there, when were they going to implement these these ideas and he said they're, they're great fantastic work but he says we spend all our time just keeping this place running we don't have time to make it run better oh, and I was okay. kind of it was so deflating for me and through a couple of conversations I had with specifically one parent uh, my best friend then I veered uh, directly into uh, grad school and ended up uh, doing my MBA and and that really changed changed my my direction in terms of my future. I think for in a positive way because it kind of got me into roles where kind of catered to some of the strengths and and some of the things that I you know are more core to me in terms of interacting with people. I'm not so good at just sitting behind a desk and stamping paperwork or or you know I, I like to work hard and I like physical work but I also really enjoy dealing with people. That that was kind of one of those seminal twists and turns and and then I guess the next evolution and once again it kind of it wasn't anything I did consciously but you get married because that was the thing you do and then you have kids because the, that's the thing you do and fortunately in my case then I ended up getting divorced which is unfortunately a thing that a lot of people do but from a <laughs> career standpoint I started working for some big organizations I was with MetLife and Life Insurance then I was with Xerox and Rico and Pitney Bowes very large very professional great corporations and I learned a lot in terms of business but they were always too big for me. They were kind of a lot of people worrying about up the food chain instead of down the food chain. And I was always kind of a champion of the little guy and the customer. And so, you know, I started evolving into smaller and smaller entities and got into uh, some software companies where I could be much more customer focused and really kind of put the onus on, on what I did on, on the relationship with customers and less on just reporting up the chain just because that's the thing you do in large fortune 500 companies so you know it, it just that that just sort of started to evolve that way and then thought to myself oh i'll strike out on my own i don't think i was prepared mentally for that after about 10 years of that and i was also kind of going through the separation divorce at that time then i kind of started working again and that's where i uh I guess about 10 years ago, I, I got into the property and casualty insurance industry. And that's where right. I met Sherry and, and Terry, your husband. And uh, and that was monumental because I, I finally felt, okay, I'm, I'm somewhere where 
I feel good. The people were very welcoming. The nature of the job is that you're you're helping people get their lives back in order after something quite devastating a lot of times. So it was it kind of felt like, you know, finally I had a home because I, I was always jumping moving around when I got bored somewhere, I would just move. Like I, I just, I didn't see, there was no value to the company, no value to myself, just, you know, punching my ticket every day. You know, I, I wanted to either make something better or make something bigger. So that was kind of my modus operandi. And so here I kind of felt I was doing, it. I was working for an engineering firm. It's a smallish company, but somewhere where I had a lot of autonomy and, and but a, a lot of support and just working with great people on a day in day out basis. But then a few years ago, I kind of thought, well, and I also have an eight-year-old. So here I am, 60 years old. I've got an eight-year-old. So at this point, I was like, well, I'm not going to retire anytime soon. Do I want to continue doing what I'm doing or morph into something else? And I was still kind of looking for that ultimate thing where I feel good about what I'm doing. I can you know, earn a good income based on how hard I work and and something that I truly believe in. So that's when I came across you know, real estate. It is something where I think it's good for people when you're buying or selling and, and regardless of the motivation, there's a positive outcome there. And the harder I work, the more I can make. I'm generally doing things that I'm interested in. It's something that I read about it all the time. I watch shows about it all the time. So now I'm at that cusp between working two full-time jobs. You know, I'm still in the insurance industry, work for a private investigation company and balancing personal life with with two kind of work entities and uh you know and trying to give you know my full effort in in all three areas which has its challenges sometimes but you will that, that's kind I of important. think that's a great place to pause because I really want to like highlight that for you so a couple of things that you said in there you're 60 years old <laughs> you <laughs> have no plans of retiring you have a full-time job and your full-time real estate and you have an eight-year-old that's incredible. So you have hustle. I have every ounce of respect and admiration for all that you are continuing to do. And I have a number of actually thoughts and questions that I'd like to ask you. What I wanted to point out is that we have an interesting, similar journey. So I came from the insurance industry as well into real estate and where we both met Terry in the insurance industry. <laughs> Mine just happened to have been 30 years ago and I've been married to him that long. At any rate, it is really important to put that lens on the insurance industry because you are helping people at their very worst times. Something obviously has happened to them if they need to utilize those services. And I love that you put that positive spin on it because it doesn't get the credibility as an industry it should get. And then the second part of that in what you and I have the honor and privilege of doing today in our real estate lives is, you know, this is the largest single most transaction that any person typically purchases. And it is a very important moment. And to be by their side on that journey is an amazing privilege. And you and I, I know, treat it as such. It's incredible. But bringing even that insurance experience forward in terms of dealing with contracts and negotiations and terms and conditions and best practices for customers and whatnot, I know you have every ounce of that in your being. So anytime I have an opportunity to have a client be going to Aurora, you're my guy. <laughs> At any rate, the thought that I'm having though is where do you get the energy? I know you're fit and I know athletics and health have always been important to you, but talk to us a little bit about your secrets because number one, you look great. I know you're in good shape and I know you need a ton of energy to do everything that you do. The good fortune uh, genetically of my mom was uh, 
had a lot of energy. She was one of these people that was always doing something. She could certainly sit still and do her her knitting and crocheting, but she was always doing things. And I think, you know, I give her credit for well, both my parents, but, um, you know, especially my mom for kind of showing me, you know, persistence and being active and, and helping people and, and things like that. My dad was as well, but, you know, I he was working and trying to provide for six kids. So I didn't see him as much as I did my mom. You know, I, I think the other thing that gives me energy, too, is I have a belief in, you know, something greater than all of us. And, you know, on those days, and, and I've had a lot physically from the time I was a teenager, physically and, you know, mentally as a young adult, you know, some some challenges there, like I say, both mentally and physically, that, you know, without the, the support of close friends and family and then my belief in, in something yeah, I might not have gotten through it. So I, I think that just the excitement every day that, and that's what I say about, you know, I want to be a six or eight year old again, because, you know, my eight year old jumps out of bed every day and thunders down the stairs. Like, you know, it, it's the best day ever. I love right? that. <laughs> and so I also get my energy from, you know, my, my family too, because that's, you can't help but feed off that that energy. My wife's very, very hardworking, wonderful person. And so, you know, I find for me anyway, I, I just feed off all these things and I've been blessed in so many ways. And I've also been blessed to kind of you know learn from my mistakes. There hasn't been too many absolutely catastrophic mistakes. So it kind of, hopefully for everybody, you get to some point where it frames how you approach each day and the decisions you make in that day. And, you know, I once had, so I, I also, one, another thing I did is I taught at a private career college for a while, sort of in between when I was doing my own contracting, marketing contracting. And so I was also doing some instructing at a private career college. And one day one of the students stopped me in the hallway and she said, well, why are you always smiling? And I just, I didn't realize I was always smiling, number one. I mean, I always like to be whistling or humming a tune or whatever, but it kind of caught me off guard. And I said, well, what's the alternative? And then the student looked at me and she was caught off guard and kind of said, yeah, good point. Right. And I think that's the other thing that, you know, what, what is the alternative? Is the alternative to sit on my couch and watch TV? That doesn't doesn't excite me. I, what excites me is is living. It's, it's being with people. It's it's working hard. It's uh, I mean, you still hopefully have downtime to, to rest and things like that. But, you know, I, and I do take that time. But, you know, there was kind of a long winded answer to, <laughs> to your question, but it's the energy I think just comes from what, what else do you do? Like it's, I think I've just been, I've had some, so many positive influences that I kind of, it's become embedded in me. You just, you, you get up, be positive, you make the most of the day. I mean, some days I do, I'm not all that productive. I'm not saying I'm productive every day, but I kind of try and make some sort of difference <laughs> every day. It's interesting because I agree with you. I love getting up every single day. You know, I'm going to be honest, I didn't for a few years before the pivot for me. It was getting old and getting tiresome and getting heavy. And so I love now because when I get up in the morning, it feels light and I am excited and I am curious as to what the day is going to bring because particularly as a realtor, I don't know what every day is going to bring. I don't know. <laughs> I have to like get dressed and get ready every day. Like I'm going to a listing presentation or going to show a house because I don't know yet. A lot of times <laughs> Terry will say to me, you know, what are you doing today? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I have a few things that I have planned, but you never know what could happen. And so I love that enthusiasm about life. I love 
love the additional blessing for you that you have an eight-year-old in your life. Like that energy is just so unbridled. And I love that you (laughs) described it, that he approaches every day like it's going to be the best day ever. And we should all hold that with us. You know, that is definitely a beautiful thing. I love that as well. So that's a a lot of interesting nuggets that you shared with us in that. (laughs) I know that you are also very active in your community. And so that's important to you to be participating in the community. And I assume your son is in sports and things like that. And so you're still actively involved from that arm of it. Talk to me about what you do. Is it soccer you're involved in? For quite a number of years. That that's, was always my favorite sport, my passion. And so on my older, I have two older boys as well. When they started getting into sports, I um, you know started coaching. And I didn't want to because I played soccer at a pretty competitive level. And I didn't think that I would have the right mindset for you know, coaching house league kids, but it kind of turned out that I was pretty good at that. So I continued coaching. And up until just a few years ago, I was coaching, I guess, professionally, I was the club head coach for a soccer club and, um, you know, deriving some income from working with teams, youth teams, and never, never professional players, but kids from six to 18, things like that. So that gave me a, a great sense of joy. But you know, even when my boys, the older two, wanted to get into lacrosse, and uh, I'd never played lacrosse, didn't know much about it. But, you know, I saw the, the coach one day, kind of, he was like herding cats on the floor, box lacrosse. So I said to him after, I go, I know nothing. I said, but I can chase the loose balls for you. I can, you know, I'll buy a stick and stuff. And I said, would you like some help? And he said, oh, I'd love it. So, you know, it, it, as it turned out, you know, my two boys and I would be at the school all three of us learning how to throw a lacrosse ball and things like that. And so I stayed ahead of the curve in terms of being able to contribute to their learning until they got about 12 or 13. And then I just didn't know enough about the sport at that point And I backed off, but I was involved in the administration, like the board of directors. And so right now I'm not coaching my, my son likes baseball and, and hockey. So I'm just enjoying watching him play those, but you know, I, I'm still active. I'm a member of the local lions club in Aurora I'm on the board of directors of the Aurora Soccer Club, where where I play Friday nights. I do a little pickup thing and um, play in their darts league and stuff. So still still try to be active and participate in the in the community, you know, from that regard. But yeah, it's a, it's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you should be the poster child for you know what sixty looks like. You're vibrant and active and young-minded and ambitious still, and you're doing amazing things. That's great. And I guess you spoke a little bit already about your pivot, which I did kind of note in my head that you had said you had been in the insurance industry, which was your moment when you found where you were going to be home and felt good for you 10 years ago, which would have been right at 50, ironically. So Mm -hmm. that works out really well. And what does the future hold for you? So what's future Randy striving to do? I know you're very invested in real estate and you see that in your future. So share with us what your vision of that is. You hit a certain point where you you come to appreciate being able to get out of bed each day and, you know, certainly got a, a comfortable life in, in terms of, uh, you know, roof over my head and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, but I also know what it's like not to, to have all that, those comforts. So I never want to go back to that. And I think that's what kind of drives me. There's been enough points in my life. So, you know, at some point I would like to just morph into just having one full-time job, but (laughs) whether that's (laughs) three years or five years or 10 years, I don't know. At some point I will know. And when I think about it, any 
when I've made knee-jerk decisions in the past, it hasn't always worked out. When I've made decisions that seem intrinsically to be in line with myself and, and my values and goals and, and things, then they work out. So it's it's kind of not, not quite magic, but it is magical when when you, you make a decision and apply yourself and things work out. So where I'm going, hopefully I'm not going to go backwards. Hopefully I will be, I will continue and be able to help more people in terms of real estate, because I, I really, really, really truly believe we're, we're doing something special. There's, there's bad actors in every profession out there, but I'm not going to let myself be one of those. And, and, you know, like yourself, you, you govern yourself to the, the highest degree and, and, and we all try to, you know, have other people do that as well. So I think the future for me is, once again, you know, maintaining my health because I'm, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm only approaching middle age right now. Right, I love that. <laughs> um, you know, hopefully I still have a, a lot of years ahead of me and, and having a positive impact in my family's lives and and, uh, and other people's lives through being involved in the community, doing a great job uh, at, at what I'm doing. And, and, you know, with the other work, the insurance work I do as well, you know, I want that company to be successful and their clients to feel that they've gotten value, you know, because they're making an investment in, in us as well and want to make sure that they're finding value in that. So, like I say, it's you asked me where I'm going. I'm going forward, and you know, at some point, I'm going to veer one way or the other. I just don't know when that will be, but I'll know finally after all this time. I know myself well enough that I will know when the time is right to go one way or the other, or just keep going. But you know, I, I am very blessed, and uh, hopefully, you know that continues. Hopefully I don't upset the apple cart <laughs> and that I can continue doing what I'm doing and doing it with people like yourself and also having wonderful relationships with amazing people like you and Terry and your children and a lot of other people that I've met over the years and continue to meet. So it's, it's just that is stay, stay healthy mentally and physically. And then, you know, the, the finances have never been worried about my own ability to do something. Some days it takes a little more but I think in terms of trying new things, I, I can't see myself changing any other, making any other career changes at this point. <laughs> but I think trying new things now is, uh, you know, the traveling and, and getting to, to see places I've always dreamed about and stuff like that. So I guess hopefully that answers <laughs> the, yeah. the question. It's kind of, it's an ambiguous question and, and I don't have, I, I don't have a defined timeline. I don't say, okay, by this date, I want to be a millionaire or by this date, I want this or that. Once again, I, I just want to get up every day and, and be positive, make a positive impact in people's lives. And hopefully I can keep doing that for a long time. Now that I'm finally kind of where I feel, you know, I, I, I would have liked to have been here maybe when I was 30 years old, but I don't think I was ready to at that point. So it's been a long and some, some days torturous journey, but it's also been an amazing journey. And, you know, I think I'm here at the right time in my life. And, and I think that's, you know, a lot of people that come on your podcast, they've, they're where they are, at, I think, at the right. It seems to be, you know, they're comfortable, not complacent. They're finally somewhere where they feel good physically, mentally, and about what they're doing and about their contribution to life. So Yeah, I think one of the most freeing things that we get to in our journey is a journey of maturity. And although we've all had some ups and downs and left turns and unexpected surprises in our lives. Most people have made peace with it all and wouldn't change it for anything because we do get to a place much like yourself where we're just really happy with ourselves. 
and we're comfortable and the stories start to all kind of make sense as to, you know, who we are. And I do believe that you, you know, you get to your journey and the destinations that you're supposed to get to when you're supposed to. And if something you were hoping for didn't happen at the time, then the time wasn't right. And we all trust in that and that, you know, when the time is right, but it is definitely like a freeing, comfortable place to get to. And it just kind of brought to mind to me, one of the mindset shifts that I had to have a little earlier, probably around 50, maybe even a little bit earlier, 40. But I used to not want to celebrate my birthday because it was basically marking a passage of time that said, you know, oh, my future years are numbered. And it scared me a little bit to embrace the aging process and embrace that, you know, I'm getting older and another year is gone. What the heck did you do, Sherry, or whatnot? And so I didn't really want to ever make a big fuss about my birthday or anything. And at some point, my mind just shifted in that it's a celebration of the fact that you were given the gift of that many years. So in my case, you know, I need to celebrate every year and be thankful that I've been given 54 years already and celebrate all I've been through and all I've accomplished in that 54 years. And I wouldn't have become the person I am today if I hadn't had those with all the good and the bad. And so approaching birthdays doesn't scare me anymore. It just kind of sounds to me like one more time to celebrate me and be grateful that I got (laughs) all those years. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't get as many years as you and I. So I think that it's like selfish to not celebrate them and not be grateful about them. So I love that you're embracing that as well. Do you have any thoughts about retiring or will you always kind of keep a hand in it as well and turn it up and down as you choose and as your lifestyle fits as you get a little older? I I think that's the latter scenario there for me. I had a friend probably five years ago and and I do have friends now that are retiring, you know, around 60. So they're, they're starting to retire. And I was, I think years ago, I was envious, you know, people having things and doing things in life that I couldn't for one reason or another. And now it doesn't bother me. So birthdays don't bother me as well. 50, I had a big issue with 60. I'm loving it. You know, so, you know, but this friend, he's a dentist and he said, do you think we'll ever retire? And I said, well, so define retirement. Right. I can't see myself ever doing a traditional retirement. I'll be doing something. And right now, that something is, is yet to be defined because I haven't decided to retire. I'm just hoping that it, it's not forced upon me that I can sort of keep my hand in and, and slow down. And maybe maybe there's a transformation in terms of I morph from being the doer to being a mentor and a coach and helping others in their journey. But I guess to not actually be doing something like earning an income, it's, I find it a bit alien. It's just, you know, up until, well, I just stopped going into the office a couple of years ago, like everybody else did. But up until that time, I, I took a briefcase into work every day. Right. A lot of days, there's nothing other than a sandwich in there. But I did it because when I first started working, well, I saw my dad do that. So I saw my dad do that and I I just did it. And so I'm using that as an analogy for I'm used to doing this. I've got flexibility, even though I'm as busy as I am, I still have flexibility and, you know, thankful to, to both employers, Remax and, and Larrick that I do have that flexibility and they trust me to be professional and to make sure that I'm doing what needs to be done. But I do have flexibility. I'm able to walk my son to school every day and come back, you know, for those little things that I, that I couldn't 
20, 25 years ago. So it's all I know. <laughs> I don't know any different. I don't know what it's like to be retired. So I don't know any different. And it's not, I don't find that it's negatively impacting my life. In fact, it's positively impacting my life because I have the income to, you know, go and buy a shirt if I want. We can go out to dinner. We can travel places. So I think if anything, I'd be worried about giving that up. And I said that earlier, you know, I'm, I find myself somewhere. I just, I don't want to go backwards. And, right. and so my biggest fear is, you know, something coming. So, you know, and, and when I grew up, even as an adult, I had some tough years financially. And, and I don't remember what it was like for my parents sometimes. And once again, I think that's kind of what drives me. I don't want to go through that. I don't, you know, you hear people in their, their 80s that are destitute. And I don't want that to be me. So I'm going to keep, <laughs> I'm going to keep going. And, and as long as, I'm good with it and my family's good with it. That's the path I'm going to keep going. So I'll never give you a black and white answer about right. things. There's a whole lot of <laughs> a lot of gray in my life and I kind of like it that way. Oh, I love that you're open to the journey. I also don't have any thoughts or dreams of retiring in a traditional way. I have too much energy, too many ambitions and too many things. It was in large part why I also chose real estate because I now currently am working 60 hours a week. If I'm awake, I'm available. I work all the time. However, when there's young children in my life again that I want to give priority to and you know, when I run out of a little bit of energy and maybe need to slow down, I have that option. And that was what I was referring mm -hmm. to in terms of turning it up or down as much as you want. Yeah. My life goal is actually to be a snowbird. So I would like to not be in Canada. And today's a great example of why. But I would like to <laughs> not be in Canada from November to March. And so I would like to be able to, you know, go away for the four months and enjoy the warmer weather somewhere else. But I'd be more than happy to come back home and then sell real estate for the eight months that I am here. So I think that yeah. that gives us this freedom and it gives us our opportunity. And I love that you're embracing that as well, what your future is going to look like. And I also know you well enough, like, me that I'll always be doing something. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have things to give. And I also like that you talked about mentorship and like nurturing the next generation. We have a lot to share. We've been through a lot. And if we can pass that forward and help someone else get through similar times, that's a, the greatest gift and legacy we can give as well. My final question, I guess, is if you had the ability to speak to young Randy or maybe one of your sons, because I know you have a couple of different age generations of sons and whatnot, what would your one piece of life advice be for them? Be positive, be patient, be focused, be calm, be confident, be honest, humble, and hardworking. And if you can be those things on a daily basis, or at least try to be those things on a daily basis, life will work out. Relationships will work out. Life will work out. So that's the advice because there was so many times in my life where I was none of those. And um, it's usually when I was none of those that the, the worst things in life happened. So I think, you know, and, and I, I do you know, over dinner chats with my sons and, and we, one of my sons, we try and get away every year for a long weekend and stuff. I try to impart that. I don't want to force feed them this kind of stuff because they're not children anymore. But I want to, both in terms of how I live my life and, and telling them, just try, if you can be all those things and, and not be dismissive to people don't be you know derogatory talk bad about people and things like that if it's if you're focused on those things so that that's my my advice to a younger Andy would be just try and live your life according to those principles 
you know, it'll it'll work out. Like I say, it's when you know I I, I have to laugh at myself sometimes, and I'm self-deprecating that way. Like if I do something stupid, I laugh at myself, and you know, it, it's not rocket science. It's not. I'm I'm not smarter than a lot of people. So it, it's just you know, and when, when I think about when think really good things have happened, it's because I was being a good person at the time, and I think being a good person frames your behavior and frames your decisions. And when I've been not a person I was proud of, not not uh, not a person my mom would be proud of, those were when life didn't go right for me. It's like I say, it's not it's not rocket science. It's just it, it is. It's hard to do every day, but it, and I don't say I do do it every day, but I remind myself every day of, of those eight things. That's good. Well, you are absolutely a role model for the people in your life. I know that just from my personal engagements with you and interactions with you. I am proud that you think of yourself in that way and you hold yourself to that kind of standard. And I would suggest to our listeners as they're going about their days and as they're thinking about some of the encore people that we have had the opportunity to hear their stories from, you think of Randy. He is doing it all. He's high energy and high motivation and high integrity, which is absolutely the most important. And I would remind myself like I do every day. I am continuing to try and do what I do for future Sherry, who is Daisy. And with that, thank you so much, Randy, for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I love sharing your story and appreciate that we've just had this time together. Thank you, Sherry. And and that all bounces right back. You and Terry and the family here are amazing. And, you know, one of those positive influences in my life that, uh, you know, invigorates me and and shows me that there's other pretty awesome people out there. So thank you very much for doing this and, and giving us a platform to chat about these things. 